Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This content may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. But I started getting a nagging in the back of my head like a warning sound telling me this didn't feel right. I remember hoping that she would wait there to watch me go up the flights of stairs and inside, but she drove right off to my dismay. And this is when I saw him, a man. As I looked at them to see what he was so concerned about, I remember feeling my stomach drop and a voice inside my head saying, something's wrong. From Disturbed Media, Join your host, Chad, for true tales of horror, bizarre happenings, and unexplainable events. This is Disturbed. Thanks to Daily Harvest for supporting Disturbed. Daily Harvest has delicious options for any time of day. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, and desserts are always on hand in your freezer and ready to enjoy. Go to dailyharvest.com disturbed to get up to $40 off your first box. Welcome back in everyone and thanks for joining me. This week, I'm bringing you three true horrifying tales and a listener voicemail that will bring chills down your spine. So sit back and listen close as we dive into the horror. And if you haven't noticed, it's our 100th episode, and what a ride it's been. We've heard some incredibly disturbing stories throughout our history, and we wouldn't be where we are without you guys listening and submitting your experiences. So hats off to all of you for helping make Disturbed what it is today. Thanks for listening, sharing, and recommending the show. Thanks for leaving those reviews wherever you're listening. And thanks for tuning in each and every Thursday to get your weekly fill of true horror. You guys are awesome. But now let's get to the spooky stuff. We open the show with an email submission from Liz, featuring voice work by Nicole Doolin and we encounter the men on the beach. I was about 15 when this happened. I went with my best friend Chris and her family on a vacation to the Bahamas. I was so excited. It was a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip for me, and when her family invited me, of course I said yes. It was a week-long trip during summer vacation. We got a nice hotel right across the street from a strip mall, that ran along the length of the beach. And we were on the 20th floor, so there was an amazing view of the sea. It was our last day before we would be heading to the airport to return home. And Chris and I, being dumb 15-year-olds, 
decided to sneak out and take one last adventure before leaving. So that night, at midnight, after everything was closed and the streets were dark, we snuck out of the hotel room and went down to the beach. It was gorgeous. The waves crashing on the shore. The moon was reflecting off the water, and the beach was empty. Chris and I swam for a good long while before we just started building sandcastles. I know it sounds childish, but we just wanted to leave a mark on the beach before we had to leave in the morning. It was around that point that I noticed a pair of men standing at the entry point of the beach. One was talking quietly on the phone, and the other had a bottle in his hand. At first, I didn't think about it too much. Chris and I were just goofing off. Who cares if some guys see us? But I started getting a nagging in the back of my head, like a warning sound telling me this didn't feel right. Then I remembered my dad's words. If you get that gut feeling, something's wrong. Trust it. I looked around again, and there were three more guys walking onto the beach. The two by the entry merged into the group, and I watched as they all began walking towards us. I stood up then and grabbed Chris's arm. I told her we should head back. I didn't want to scare her, so I tried to act normal. She was, and still is, a small girl. Whereas I was just a bit shorter than I am now, 5'11". She has never grown taller than five feet. Now, I grew up in a house of boys, two older brothers and a lot of guy cousins. I grew fighting and horsing around. Hell, I was on the school's wrestling team. He even went to state champions later on. So I know how to fight. But the group of five men definitely outnumbered us. At this point, Chris saw the group as well, and she grabs my hand. She doesn't say anything. But I could feel her hand trembling in mine as one of the men spoke up. I will never forget the way his cold words grated my ears. What are you pretty girls doing out so late? At this point, they were maybe ten in front of us, standing between us and the street. I didn't respond at first. I just gripped Chris's hand and began walking towards the street, giving the group a wide berth. Of course, that didn't matter. The man who spoke before jogged to stand in front of us, grinning like a creep as he reached out a hand to stop me, trying to touch my arm. I've never jerked someone behind me as hard as I jerked Chris that night. I yanked her arm and stood in front of her as I looked at this man. He was easily 6'6 or 6'7. He towered over me, and when I focused on him, his friends made a semicircle around Chris and I, completely blocking the most direct route towards the hotel. At this point, I'm panicking, but I tried not to show it. I told the guy we had to get back. Our parents were waiting. But he just laughed. He reached out to me again and he grabbed my shirt, trying to pull me closer. And on sheer instinct, I kicked my leg out. I slammed my foot into his groin and he dropped, yelling at us and his friends. I shoved Chris back and we ran, ran back toward the water before beelining around the group. Most of the men followed us directly, but one ran towards the street to cut us off. I didn't think about it before I charged right into the guy. I didn't know it then, but he had a knife. Stabbed me in the left side before we even hit the ground. Chris sprinted past me, and I scrambled to my feet and followed her. I was so pumped full of adrenaline that I didn't even think about whatever the pain in my side was. Chris was several yards ahead of me, 
and I watched her burst through the hotel doors screaming. By the time I got to the doors, two hotel employees grabbed me and pulled me inside. They locked the doors behind us. Chris ran up to me and grabbed me, crying. I could hear everyone talking, but even now, I have no idea what was being said. I didn't know that I was bleeding until Chris and the woman from behind the desk were forcing me to sit down. That was when I saw the blood. The woman was on the phone yelling at whoever was on the other end, and Chris was all but hysterical. I don't know when, but after that I blacked out. I woke up the next day in a hospital bed with Chris and her mom in the room with me. Her dad was outside speaking to the doctor. They explained to me what happened. How, after we had gotten back to the hotel, an ambulance and police car showed up. I was taken into emergency surgery as Chris, her family, and the employees on duty that night spoke to the officers. I lost my spleen that night and got over 30 stitches due to the stab wound. We had to wait six more days before we could leave for home, and I spent three of them in the hospital under supervision. I was lucky to survive that night. Chris and I were lucky to escape those men. But the part that scares me, even now at the age of 21, is the fact I was never notified if those men were caught. I don't know what happened to them. I don't know if they targeted or even caught other young girls like us. I don't know where they ran off to or what they are now doing with their lives. And as much as I hate to admit it, I am happily oblivious to them now. Though I still have nightmares of that night, I can wake up and remind myself it isn't real this time. So, to the creeps on the beach, let's never meet again. Do you have your own terrifying encounter? Did something unexplained happen to you? Let us know and get featured on the podcast. Email mystory@disturbedpodcast.com. Up next, we check in with Reddit user Colorado KJ, featuring voice work by Sarah Thomas, and we narrowly avoid an abduction. I have never shared this story, except, strangely enough, to my teacher at the time. I was in the first grade at Northside Elementary in DeSoto, Texas. We lived about three long blocks down, as my mother liked to call it. I personally feel it was a lot more. My sister and I were brought to school on a regular basis and walked home. My parents decided to divorce right at this time. My dad moved out and we started seeing him every other weekend. My mom began dating someone else, and I remember she no longer became interested in taking us to school as much. She became very preoccupied with her new relationship, and I remembered that she often had me walking to school as well as coming home. Thinking back now, I'm not sure why I was late. There might have been a doctor's appointment or something. I remembered that it wasn't very late at all, maybe just an hour or so after school started. My mom pulled up in the car and I got out. I remember hoping that she would wait there to watch me go up the flights of stairs and inside, but she drove right off to my dismay. And this is when I saw him. A man, pretty normal looking, stepped out of a car looking directly at me. 
My mom had pulled off, and this man was the only person around. He crossed the street quickly, at an angle, coming directly towards me. I remember turning and running up the steps. There were three flights of stairs with landings in between. When you are a little girl, these stairs seem much bigger. I remember looking over my shoulder, and he was literally running up the stairs after me. And I had that horrible gut reaction and ran as fast as I could. I remember the double doors in front of me, and I was panicked, thinking I would not make it. At that young age, I felt the energy coming from this otherwise normal-looking person who looked like a dad. I remembered the huge, intrinsic feeling of doom and urgency to go through those doors. And I did. And I immediately turned around and saw him standing on part of the second set of stairs. And he just stood there, looking at me as I looked at him from inside the building. And then he looked very frustrated and turned, walking away back to his car. I remember telling my teacher about it. Maybe a week later, a police detective showed up to interview me about what happened. This makes me think it may be connected to something that happened in that area at that time. I don't think I have ever been that afraid in my life. And it was a powerful, internal fear. It was like my body told me immediately to run. Are you terrified yet? You will be. With so much going on in the world right now, life is just so hectic and chaotic. For me personally, working full-time on Disturbed between planning out episodes, finding new stories, editing, and putting it all together, I can lose track of my time very easily. And when I finally realize it, I don't really have time to cook dinner or I just don't feel like it. I'm sure many of you can relate after a long day of work. But when your fridge is empty, that urge to order in and skip the cooking happens all too often. I know I've been guilty of it at times for sure. But as of recently, that hasn't been an issue and that's because of Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest helps keep my freezer fully stocked with options that are delivered right to my door and are delicious and ready in just minutes. Avoid that takeout temptation and check out Daily Harvest. Now the thing I love about Daily Harvest is how many great options they really have. They deliver delicious harvest bowls, soups, flatbreads, snacks, smoothies, lattes, and more. And it's all built on organic fruits and vegetables. And you can find tasty options for any time of day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, as well as snacks and desserts. They've got it all covered for you. You always have what you need on hand and ready to enjoy when you want it. Now, I just enjoyed the hazelnut and chocolate little mini bites that they have, and they taste just like a dark chocolate hazelnut truffle. It was fantastic. And let me tell you, I did not feel bad about it because it's a clean option made with healthy ingredients. It really is a great option for someone like me who rarely has time to cook, but can now find a really tasty snack or meal that's quick and easy, and it will still keep you on a healthy track during those busy weeknights. So discover what I've discovered. Avoid the takeout temptation and get Daily Harvest. Go to dailyharvest.com disturbed to get up to $40 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com disturbed for up to $40 off your first box. dailyharvest.com disturbed. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Want to listen to Disturbed ad-free? Of course you do. Go to disturbedpodcast.com support to get your access today. Now back to the horror. Disturbed Podcast with your host, Chad. Now we're going to check in with one of our listeners straight off the hotline at disturbedpodcast.com slash hotline, which is free and available to all listeners. So Alan, let's hear what you've got. Hey, Chad. Hey, listeners of Disturbed. My name is Alan Villasenor. And I'm from Vestale, California. And I want to share this experience with you guys. So I was on my week's vacation. This happened a couple of months ago. And I was on my week's vacation. So me and my wife decided to go to Target. And we had our two sons, a seven-year-old and a five-month-year-old. And of course, sons always want to be with their dad until they grow up and they become mama's boys. Me and my wife split at the store. She said she was going to go look at clothes for herself and... I was going to go walk around with the kids. So my son was like, Dad, can we go see, go see the video games? I was like, sure. So we're going to go see the video games. And we're right there in the aisle, minding our business. And I look up and I turn to my right, turn my head to the right. And then me and this African-American male made eye contact with each other. So I didn't really make much deal about it. But all he had, what stand out of this guy was that he had a red paint on his face. But like I said, I really didn't make much deal, big deal about it, paid attention to it, because I was just thinking, yeah, some tweakers came to the store to cool off. So I started walking back to go find my wife. Like a dumbass, I always forget my phone in the car. Couldn't call her, see where she was at. As we were walking to the women's aisle, all I hear was, put the knife down. Put the knife down or I'm going to tase your ass. And I turn and I see the same man that I made eye contact with being arrested by the cops. And what I see with the cops, I see him taking out a bunch of knives and a machete. So the story of this guy was that I guess he was walking around the parking lot and going inside the stores until he walked into Target. And one of the employees said that he saw that he had a machete in his, in his pants. So she called the cops right away. And the cops were looking for this guy. The same guy that I made eye contact with, that I was by myself in the corner of the store with my two sons. 
I'm usually a gunner. I'm a gunner, and I usually carry my gun with me and a pocket knife. But this time, I did not have my gun with me because I was cleaning it at home, and I left it at home. So I had my pocket knife, so that was the only thing that I was secured if this motherfucker was to ever turn on me. But it's scary to think that somebody like that could just snap on you without you even knowing. And I was in shock. I was in utter shock because I was, like I said, I was with my sons by myself. So I finally told my wife what happened, and she got scared. Like, she was just like, we're not going to split from a store. And I told her, yes, it's a good idea because shit's crazy nowadays, man. Shit's crazy nowadays, and people don't give a fuck anymore. And I know it's probably not going to be a crazy-ass experience, but it's just an experience I want to share with you because I hear your show, man. I hear your show every day, and I love your show. I, I love the experiences I hear. I love all that crap, man. I love all that scary shit. And I appreciate, man, that you do this. You take the time out of your day. You do this, and you do it right like you're supposed to. Appreciate you so much, Chad. Appreciate to everybody that listens to your to your episode. God bless, brother, and blessings to you and your family. And everybody, stay safe, y'all. Stay safe, stay safe out there, y'all, because it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And like you can even hear it in my voice. That's kind of shivering right now. That I'm telling you the story because every time I hear stories like that, it always brings me to that same thing. So take my experience. Be careful when you're out there shopping because you might never know who you make eye contact with. Are you loving the show? Let us know with a positive rating and review. In return, we'll help you hide the body. And finally, we close out the show hearing from Reddit user Tense Gecko, featuring voice work by Tanya Eby and we learn how important cardio is. I have never shared this story before because at the time this happened, I was terrified of the consequences and honestly, just wanted to forget about the whole situation because, like an idiot, I thought it was my fault. It took me years to realize that if it wasn't for my obsession with cardio workouts, I might be dead. I was just accepted into the college of my dreams and basically had to restart my life. I moved in with my grandparents to save money and just build a better relationship with them. Plus, it was close to a nice walking path that led to the train station, so I didn't have to worry about parking fees. Being shy, it was hard for me to open up to people and make friends, so I took it upon myself to go to the gym every day and see if that would help my confidence levels. After almost eight months of cardio and weight training, I was feeling confident enough to start hanging out with some classmates and we soon became really good friends with a few girls in my class. One day after class was done, a few girlfriends of mine, let's call them S and N, wanted to go out that night for a girls' night. I've never been a big partier, but the idea of letting the stress of college out by dancing and having fun with good friends sounded like a great idea. So we all agreed we'd check out the local hockey game first and then head to the club afterwards for some dancing. The first part of the night was a blast. The hockey game was great, and the arena beers tasted even better. By the time we got to the club, it was about 11 p.m. My one friend, N, wasn't feeling well, so she ended up heading home pretty early. After the arena beers, I wanted to sober up since it was getting late, and something in my gut was telling me to stop drinking. I never doubt gut feelings, so I stopped drinking and just had water for the remainder of the night. By the time my friend, S, was done partying, it was 1.30 a.m., and we walked to the subway stop and waited for our trains together. There were other people waiting on the platform, and we talked about our night and what our plans were for the weekend. 
She was heading downtown, so her train came sooner. We hugged and both assured each other that we'd let the other know when we got home. Luckily, not long after her train disappeared into the night, my train pulled up. After jumping on the train, I grabbed my headphones from my bag and plugged them into my phone, preparing for a quick trip home and good tunes to keep me awake. I was pretty much sober now, but the late night made me rather sleepy. I usually sat in the aisle seat, but decided to sit by the window and didn't expect anyone to sit beside me because it was so late and there were so many open seats. Plus, who doesn't want to pretend to have a movie moment while looking out the window of a subway dramatically? To my surprise, an older man around his mid-forties sat right beside me, trying to get my attention. I noticed and cautiously took one earphone out. Can I help you? I asked him, and he just smiled at me and said, I hope you don't mind me sitting here. I didn't want a pretty girl like you being bothered by those drunk boys up there. I don't trust them. He motioned to the three drunk guys sitting about five rows ahead of us. As I looked at them to see what he was so concerned about, I remember feeling my stomach drop and a voice inside my head saying, something's wrong. The drunk guys he was so worried about were half asleep and keeping to themselves. I knew this man was up to something and I knew I had to act calm and collected, otherwise I just knew something bad was going to happen. I nodded at him, gave him a polite smile, and before I could say anything else, he started bombarding me with questions and leaning close to me. I could smell the sour smell of whiskey on his breath, and I felt trapped. He told me where he worked, how he'd like to take me out, even though he could be as old as my father, what his plans were for the weekend, and basically his entire life story. I nodded politely and tried not to engage much because I didn't want to cause a scene. He didn't seem to get the picture that I wasn't interested. So I lied to him about how my boyfriend was waiting at home for me and expecting me. What he said next made my blood run cold. Oh, well, I'm sure he wouldn't mind if I kept you out a little later. A pretty thing like you shouldn't be hard to get screaming. The slurry of words and the way his eyes gleamed had me realizing really fast that I was in danger and I had to get out of this situation on my own, or I'd have my own Dateline episode. I could just hear it now. Girl gets murdered by drunk asshole who didn't know how to take no as an answer. Has a nice ring to it, don't you think? I knew my stop was coming up, and I just had a feeling he wasn't going to let me go that easily. I remember packing my phone into my bag with an emergency number, ready to go, just in case, and tightening the strap of my purse. As we pulled closer to my stop, I asked him to move, and he sluggishly got out of the way. He had a pretty slow reaction time because of how drunk he was, and I planned to use that to my full advantage. I took that moment to stand a little farther away from him, assuring him I just needed to stand for a bit and that my stop wasn't coming up for a while. He nodded, his head bouncing. As the train slowed and he turned his head to look out the window, I took advantage of the moment and ran to the closest doors, and just as the doors opened bolted out onto the platform as fast as my legs could carry me. Before he could realize what happened, I was halfway up the stairs leading to the walking path. My heart was pounding and I could hear him yelling at me, You bitch! I'm coming to get you! I was terrified, filled with adrenaline, and my body took over and came to my rescue as I ran past the streetlights and into a forested path that led to my house. This path was one that I had grown up playing on, and even in the dark, I knew places where I could hide if I needed to. Plus, if worse came to worse, I knew all my grandma's neighbors, so if I had to, I could jump into one of their yards and run to safety. 
As I entered the walking path, I took one moment to turn and see if he had followed me any farther into the path. It was only then I realized how fast and far I had gone, since he was stuck at the beginning of the walking path, the streetlights shining behind him, creating an eerie silhouette figure. Not convinced I was safe, I snapped my head back forwards and kept running along the fence line. It wasn't until I was about three feet from the back gate of my grandma's house, I tripped over a tree root and was sent flying. I tumbled and rolled until I came to a full stop. My ankle throbbed terribly, but I didn't feel safe yet, so I got up and ran into the backyard, up the stairs, and opened the door as quickly and quietly as I could. As soon as I was in the house with it locked safely behind me, I found out I lost a shoe in my fall, and my ankle had begun to swell. I hobbled down the stairs to my room, and once the door was closed, I cried and shook until nothing was left. The adrenaline of this encounter had left me, and I couldn't believe what had happened. All I could do was thank my lucky stars that I got away, safely and mostly unharmed. I still have nightmares about this scenario, even years later, and the only thing I am certain of is that if it wasn't for all my early morning training sessions over the months leading up to the incident, I'm sure I wouldn't be here today telling this story. So if you take anything away from my story, let it be this. Safety first, and always make sure you do your cardio. You never know when you may need it. Follow our social channels on Facebook and Instagram at Disturbed Podcast and on Twitter at Disturbed underscore pod. Submit your own experience to the show in writing or through the hotline at disturbedpodcast.com. And if you'd like to support the show, you can get early access to our premium feed featuring ad-free listening and bonus episodes. Visit patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast to learn more. And let's shout out our newest supporters. Gummy Bear, Spanky Dawson, Heather Craig, Belle, Dino Ribic, and Mike Geerton. They all get instant access to our catalog of bonus episodes, ad-free listening, and 24-hour early episode releases, and you can too. Support us today and get your access at patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast. Music by Carl Casey at WhiteBatAudio and co.ag. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Thursday with a brand new episode. And stay safe out there, y'all.